Welcome to The Baseball Show, Chicago's only interactive nightly show focused on the Cubs, the White Sox, and Major League Baseball. On radio, on app, on podcast. Listen to the show your way on ESPN 1000 or the new ESPN Chicago app. The Baseball Show with Jonathan Hood. Presented by Goose Island Beer Company. On Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. It'll be a 1-1 to stand. And the pitch is swung on and hit high in the air to left center. That ball is high. It is far. It is gone. Away back in the left center field seat. Cespedes 0 for 2 in his return. And he drives one deep left field. Headed back toward the wall. That ball is out of here. You win it, Cespedes. More than two years on the sidelines. He's back with a home run. And the Mets lead it 1-0 in the seventh. The sounds of Major League Baseball. As baseball has returned, it started last night, but opening day for the Cubs and Sox will be underway shortly. Welcome in to the Baseball Show, presented by Goose Island Beer Company. Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Open phone lines for you, 312-332-ESPN, 312-332-3776 is our telephone number. Also, you can follow us on Twitter, at ESPN MLB Show. So it's going to be in a few minutes. The Cubs will take on um, a Milwaukee Brewers team that has been very good in the National League Central. But the questions are still here. Even though it's opening day, the questions that we've had about the Cubs still remain, and that is... Can the Cubs be able to get that magic that they once had a few years ago? Now, it has not been bad. The Cubs have had winning seasons for sure. The question is, though, is that can they have not just a winning season, but a playoff season? And once they do get to the playoffs, can they make some noise? Big questions on the table when it comes to uh, this Cubs team. So we know the storylines because we've talked about it over the last couple of weeks or so about Joe Madden no longer being with the Cubs and the Los Angeles Angels manager. And so David Ross takes over. And once again, we think about this big question. David Ross was a former teammate of the core of this team, looking at Hayward and looking at Rizzo and Bryant and Baez and Contreras, Lester. Uh, Ross knows these players. He knew them as a broadcaster, as a teammate, and now as a manager. It's going to be completely different, for sure, for David Ross on his first day. I watched some of his press conference uh, material on the Marquee Network and listened to a few things from David Ross. He didn't seem nervous at all. He seems like he's ready for the moment. You don't know what butterflies is going on in his stomach. But I just know that because now of the expanded playoffs, Whatever expectations you have for the Cubs, you throw it out the window and you expand it now because now you have not just a few teams that have an opportunity for the playoffs. Now you have a number of teams, more than you ever thought you'd have. 16 could be able to be in the playoffs this upcoming season. Could the Cubs be part of that 16? And I said last week, I said yesterday, I will say this uh, until we get to the end of this season. There's no reason why the Cubs can't even come close to the World Series or get into the World Series or win it with this core that they have um, because the offense is good enough to get it done on paper. Uh, We've been waiting for this for a couple of years since the Cubs won the World Series in 2016, and now look at this Cubs team. I think if the Cubs are not able to be able to get over the hump 
and get it done now, then win. That's the thing. It is that serious on Clark and Addison because if they are not able to get to the playoffs or really make noise this upcoming season, then what what's to say that some of this core will be going elsewhere after the 2020 season? Time will tell. Jesse Rogers joins us from the ballpark at Wrigley Field as the Cubs get ready to take on the Brewers. Jesse, as always, I appreciate your time. Tell me, how are you feeling about this Cubs team going into the opener? Well, I think it helps that they've expanded the playoffs. Um, <laughs> I don't see this team as a division winner. Man, a lot of things would have to go right. and that That's the problem with the Cubs. There, there's, a, there's a game of whack-a-mole that's probably going to be played here where the starting staff might have a moment where it it doesn't look great, and then all of a sudden it'll be the bullpen, and then all of a sudden it'll be the lineup isn't, you know, sort of lengthy enough as, as we, we talk about the DH with other teams. Um, I, I think it helps the Cubs in one sense. They can start the two catchers as they're doing tonight, but in general it might help other teams more to have the DH. Um, so I feel like it is a little bit of a game of whack-a-mole with them potentially this season where they're good, but the various things will pop up that will prevent them from going on long winning streaks. And that's why I think it's a 32 to 33 win team at best. Jesse, uh, there was some talk over the last couple of weeks on the baseball show regarding the leadoff hitter. That's always a, a topic of conversation. And in tonight's game, it's Bryant Rizzo, Baez, one, two, three, at the top of the lineup into Schwarber with hitting cleanup. Do you see Bryant and Rizzo going back and forth? Or do you think Bryant will be the mainstay at the number one spot? I don't see why Brian wouldn't be the mainstay. I mean, I know other guys have struggled there uh, under Joe Madden over the years, but none of them were, were named Chris Bryant. Uh, if, if he struggles there, then there really is something to, to leading off compared to the other spots. I mean, if you put an MVP up there, there's no reason not to believe he'll have some success. Uh, so I, I think they'll, they'll keep it as is, but you never know how these things go. Um, uh, lineups that you think are, are, are going to be one way all of a sudden get turned upside down uh, uh, two, three, four weeks into the season. Now, this is a short season, so you can't wait too long if things stale, get stale. But I, I don't see why Bryant won't have normal Chris Bryant success up there. What's, what's your feeling on uh, Kyle Hendricks as a starter here? We're talking about, again, for everybody, just a, a sample size of starts here, maybe 11 or 12 for Hendricks. But him getting the, uh, the ball, that's got to be big for him. But what do you think of his season for 2020? I think he could be great. I absolutely think he'd be great. I mean, I, I guess I've been saying that over the last couple of years, three years since he established himself. Um, he's had an injury or two along the way. But um, he has stretched out. He did the right things during during the shutdown, uh, there's no reason he can't have a strong 10 to 12 starts here. So uh, where you may have a question mark about Darvish for whatever reason, even though he has great stuff, I don't have those question marks about Kyle Hendricks. I think he will be one or one A on this on this staff as, as evidenced by him getting the opening uh, day start here. The sunset is, is falling on John Lester, isn't it? I mean, it, at, maybe we will see the last of John Lester for the Cubs in 2020. What, what, what a great pitcher he's been for the Cubs, but you just tell that he might be in the twilight of his career of his good times as a starter. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, and, and it'll be interesting. With only 10 to 12 starts, how many good ones can he come up with? Maybe he can come up with 8, 9, or 10. Who knows? I think over the course of 162, he may only come up with 8, 9, or 10. Uh, but when you shorten this thing and you just ask for that many less bullets from that arm, I, I think he could be good. I mean, the other night against the Twins, that was old John Lester. And that was against a team that led the league, led the majors in home runs last year. 
nice evening on Wednesday, ball, uh, wind blowing out, humid, or at least hot, and, and he shut them down. That was an exhibition game, but still, you have to pitch and, and get guys out, and he did that. Um, if he can own the inside corner a little bit, especially with two, strike, uh, two strikes against righties, he can be the old John Lester, and he's getting there. He's getting there. You see him, the powerful legs uh, that he has, the push-off. Uh, I, I, he was great the other night, so let's see if he can carry that over. Uh, but, uh, lastly, you were talking about the, the playoffs. Yeah, it's expanded, so now all of a sudden Major League Baseball has turned into the NBA or the NHL, so everybody in, right? Uh, so uh, how does Milwaukee fall into that? Because I thought that they would be taking a step back this year. Look, I, under, I love Craig Council. If the Cubs were going to go outside their organization, I would have said go pluck him from Milwaukee, although he, the guy's been a brewer his whole life. He grew up there. I'm not sure you could get him. But I love everything about Council. I would not count the Brewers out with him at the helm and, and Christian Yelich in the middle of that lineup. Um, pretty good pitching staff. Uh, they, they usually get more out of them than you'd think based on the names. Like this Brandon Woodruff isn't well-known, but he's got a great arm. So I, I wouldn't count the Brewers out. They're not a favorite. I don't think the Cubs are a favorite, but with the expanded playoffs, could either team battle for second place in the division, which would get you in? Of course. And could either one of them battle for the, for the next wild card spot? Of course. So, look, the Brewers and Cubs, the Reds probably, the Cardinals, all 30 to 38 win teams. At, you know, the high end would be 38, but they're all in the mix here, and that's the beauty of the Central Division over the last few years, and it's just highlighted more with a 60-game season and, and the top two teams getting in the division. It'll be competitive. Season's here, Jesse. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Excited for it, Jay Hood. Anytime, let me know. Give me a buzz. There he is, Jesse Rogers, with us here on the baseball show presented by Goose Island Beard Company, right here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Uh, the Cubs will go this way. It'll be uh, Bryant Rizzo, Baez, Schwarber, Contreras, Hayward, Caratini will be the DH, Horner at second, Hap the center fielder, and Kyle Hendricks on the mound for the Cubs as they take on the Brewers here tonight. The game just getting underway at Wrigley Field. Get a chance to talk to Matt Pauley from the Brewers radio network and got his thoughts about the Brewers. You know, I wasn't sure about that team coming in. Now with the expanded playoffs, you never know. I asked him what the Brewers lineup looks like after some of their free agent losses. I think it was a season where they had a lot of players not perform to the level that they were expected to perform, and maybe the season did not go as well as they were hoping it would go based off the NLCS appearance even the year before that. But once again, you get into September, and they went on a run just as they did the year before, and they were able to get into the postseason. It was a tough way for that uh, for the season to end when they ended up losing to the Nationals uh, there in the wild card. But uh, overall, I thought uh, for a second straight year, Craig Council showed what he could do with an expanded roster in September, and that was enough for them to be a postseason. I think at catcher, Omar Nevaez is going to do a nice job. We all know that he's got the bat. The question is, can he do enough defensively that he's not going to be a liability behind the plate? The Brewers are really good at helping to develop catchers, especially uh, in terms of framing pitches. They think they can do a lot to help pitchers, or excuse me, have uh, catchers do that. And Grandall was so good when it came to framing pitches. He's one of the best in baseball at doing that. And you got to get some version of that out of Nevaez and just make sure he's a good enough receiver. So 
even even though yes, Monty Grandal was such a good player, I feel like they're more equipped to kind of replace him at catcher. When you look at the the third base situation, and that's basically how where even though Mike Mustakas played a lot of second base, they've got Keston here at second. You really look at third when you're talking about replacing Mike Mustakas and. That's the biggest question mark on this team. Right now, Eric Sogard and Jed Jerko are going to be over there. Uh, once Luis Urias gets back, if Orlando Arcia does a nice job at shortstop, uh, Urias will be in the mix at third as well. But when you think about third base being a power position, an RBI position, I don't know if the way the Brewers roster set up right now, if they've got that over at third. So thoughts there from Matt Pauley from the Brewers Radio Network. And so that is our preview of the Cubs as they are currently taking on the Brewers. Uh, as Hendricks got out of the top of the first, got rid of Sogard, Yelich, and Huara. So uh, he went one, two, three there, and the Cubs are coming up in the bottom of the first inning. All right, coming up, yes, it's opening day for the Cubs, but also opening day for the White Sox as well. We'll have a full preview of the White Sox and Twins. That's coming up next as you're listening to the baseball show presented by Goose Island Beer Company. From Wrigley on the north to guaranteed rate on the south. This is the Baseball Show on ESPN 1000. Chicago's home for sports. Four balls, three strikes, a double play, and one. Place to hear the Baseball Show with Jonathan Hood. This is ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. The Baseball Show with Jonathan Hood. Presented by Goose Island Beer Company. After Waddle and Sylvie, it's the baseball show every night at 6 right here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Follow the show on Twitter at ESPN MLB Show. Trying to grow our Twitter at ESPN MLB Show. There's always retweets and tweets about the Cubs, Sox, and everything else around Major League Baseball. Videos always there. So if you're a baseball fan, it's right there for you, ESPN MLB Show. Also, it is uh, apparently a place where you can complain about the broadcasts from yesterday. There was a lot of that on there. It's just like a lot of people complaining about uh, the the Nationals and about the the Yankees, the Dodgers uh, <laughs> yesterday on there. So I was just laughing, just like, okay, seems like things are working. So at ESPN MLB Show to talk about baseball uh, and a great thread of people going back and forth about their favorite teams around the big league. So that's cool. So thanks so much for supporting the show every night after Waddle and Sylvie. It's the baseball show right here on ESPN 1000. Well, it's also opening day for the White Sox. The White Sox get ready to take on the Twins. And the storyline is no different than what it was when we first started the show on the 6th of July. Um, the, the question is, with the expanded playoffs, now does that accelerate the opportunity for the White Sox to get into the playoffs. And so for me, looking at it, you know, pretty pretty clearly, the White Sox were able to spend money that increases their chances to win. I try to make it as simplistic as possible for me as a sports fan because you could see the amount of losses that the White Sox had, over 800 losses since the last time they went to the playoffs. And a lot of that reason is because they were just not having the real commitment to try to put a good team on the field. It's one thing to grow through the farm system and have a Luis Robert, uh, to look at Aloy Jimenez, to look at the young pitching like Cease that the White Sox have. But it's another thing to be able to say, okay, what other things can we do along with 
having youth on this ball club, and that is to spend money. It is important for the Sox to do that. They were able to get quality free agents in here, Encarnacion, who's been there and done that, um, to look at what Grandal has done, to be able to see what you have and what your pitching staff, adding quality pitching to the staff, it makes a difference. It's one thing to have homegrown talent, and that's one thing. And there's some teams that have totally were able to win a championship based on its young core through the minor league system. But there's nothing like a team that has a commitment financially to be able to put on top of the youth that they have in uh, on their team. And so from the White Sox standpoint, it'll be very compelling to see how this works in 60 games. I'm skeptical about Rick Renneria as a manager. I would say for Rick, my advice is to allow the veterans to be able to do what they do best. You can tutor the young people, but not to the point where you're trying trying to break them down to button sacrifice their way to try to get to the playoffs. This ain't net, this ain't net Yost Yankees uh, or net Yost Royals. So I, I would just say that it is important for the, the White Sox in, in a, to me, an accelerated spot here with 60 games and an opportunity to get to the playoffs. Just, I just look forward to seeing the energy that we've seen in practice games and what they talk about. I look forward to seeing if that energy uh, is able to relate to on the field for 60 games. And the bell rings against the Twins, and that Twins team can really, really knock the ball out of the ballpark. Well over 300 home runs for them last year. And that's one of the reasons why I think Rick Hahn had to compete. He saw the offense for the uh, the Twins and said, yeah, I think we need to add some offense just in case. The Baseball Show, uh, presented by Goose Island Beer Company with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Uh, let us hear from Rick Hahn, the general manager for the White Sox. Uh, he was on with Cap and Company, and one of the things he talked about is that as he looks at this season, he knows that there's excitement around the White Sox for 2020. The excitement sort of matches what we had felt in the past when there was high expectations. But what's different this time around for us is that we see this as an extended period of time where we're going to have these players under control, where we're going to have a solid young core of impact talent growing together. And still, as you mentioned, there, there's others on the farm that are going to be joining us over the course of the next several years that are going to continue to have an impact and extend this opportunity uh, for a number of years. And, and that really was the goal in the past where we were able to have, you know, what was regarded, what were regarded as solid off seasons. And, you know, there were uh, high expectations or predictions of success. It really was uh, done with an eye towards essentially the season immediately in front of us and perhaps the one beyond that. But what we've been able to do as an organization is, is take that step back, as you noted, as you mentioned, and, and, frankly, pay a bit of a short-term price over the last three years and put ourselves in a, in a strong position for, uh, for an extended period. And that, that really was the fundamental goal. It, it was being excited about this season, but also knowing that uh, there's several ahead of us for, about which we, we have the right to be excited as well. So there is Rick Hahn, the general manager for the White Sox, talking there. Uh, and, you know, again, Rick Hahn had plenty of leash to be able to figure out how to put this team together. I'm not sure if Kenny Williams would have had the same patience by just going with the youth movement and taking losses, taking a ton of losses under Ventura and under uh, definitely Renneria up to this point in time. Time will tell. Time will tell on all of this if this Sox team is as hot as some believe. 
312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. If you are a baseball fan, Cub fan, Sox fan, Major League Baseball fan, this is why they put this show in place. They, meaning management, the powers that be, put this show in place so you and I could talk baseball. So if you are a baseball fan listening to this show, especially with the Sox, I'm going to take on the Twins coming at the top of the hour. I'll be glad to take your reaction, your thoughts, because the season's here. Opening day for both the Cubs and the White Sox. Bob in Park Forest on ESPN 1000 with Jonathan Hood. Hi, Bob. Hi, Jonathan. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, I had a question. No, there's going to be a World Series champion in 2020. Now, well, do you think you or your fans in general, do you think they will minimize that accomplishment because of the 60 games? Or do you think that anyone besides me will celebrate it as perhaps even a greater accomplishment? Because of everything that's going on with the with the pandemic and and the weirdness of no fans and the travel restrictions and uh, whatever sacrifices the players had to make personally as far as their personal lives. Let me address that, Bob, and I appreciate your telephone call. Um, I will not minimize this championship because this is what we have. Uh, as baseball fans, we get sixty games in the regular season, and we're going to get expanded playoffs. So. You know, the the thing I look at first before we even get to that is the latest round of testing for COVID-19 was minuscule. It was at 0.05%. Now, again, we can't say that that's going to be that way the entire baseball season, but I like the idea that we got 0.005 or, or, or of testing. So that means that almost no one had COVID-19 during that time. So this is where we are uh, as, as far as that is concerned. Now... I will recognize the champion, the Cy Young Award winner, the home run king, the AL and National League hit king, whatever awards that come with Major League Baseball, I will recognize them as the winners of that because this is what baseball has given us. But I will always remember that the players and the owners could not come together earlier than the 24th of July to give us baseball. I'll always keep that in the back of my mind because this will be an asterisk because it's 60 games plus the playoffs. But I'll always remember how we got screwed by the players and owners because they could not come together on agreement. I'll always keep that in mind. Now, again, that's nothing against the the players' accomplishment throughout all this, but... I just think that we could have been able to have a lot more baseball, at least 81 games, at least half the season. But this will be a sprint, and people will be watching because it's live sports. This will get ratings, even though as regional this sport is, it definitely be regional now because of the travel. A lot of this will be within the divisions. So that's fine, but I'll always remember how the commissioner and the players and owners did not give us more than just 60 games, and that's not right. I mean, look, are we owed baseball? Yeah, we love baseball. Are we owed it? Well, I just think that they they owed it to the sport to help the sport grow to have more than 60 games. I just think that it's just part of the negotiations, unfortunately, and the back and forth that happens um, with players and owners when it comes to issues like this. And at least the the games are on the field, but no, whoever was a champion – they're going to be the champion. They deserve it. Whoever wins the championship, whoever wins whatever awards that come with this season, they deserve it. 
Um, it'll be an asterisk, but it doesn't bother me one way or the other. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our telephone number. If you are a Cubs fan or Sox fan or uh, have a question like Bob, just wondering my opinion on 60 games and who gets awards and how it would be recognized, we'll take your phone calls in that as well. Um, as we keep you company here, we're going to hear from someone who covers the Minnesota Twins coming up as we continue to review the uh, Twins and the White Sox. What do the Twins have to deal with with the White Sox and vice versa? We'll have that and more as we move forward right here on The Baseball Show. The Baseball Show with Jonathan Hood on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Tonight's baseball show is brought to you by McNally's Irish Pub on Southwestern Avenue. Stop in and grab a couple of Goose Island White Sox Golden Ales today. McNally's Irish Pub on Southwestern Avenue is a proud official White Sox bar and is a great place to watch a White Sox game. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitter. At ESPN 1000. Welcome to the baseball show. Presented by Goose Island Beer Company. Catch up on your time. Click the Baseball Show tile for the podcast on the new ESPN Chicago app. This is the Baseball Show on ESPN 1000. Chicago's home for sports. No score between the Cubs and the Brewers. That game is in the bottom of the second inning at Wrigley Field. And some other scores for you. The Reds, Tom Waddle's Reds leads the Tigers by a score of 3-1. to one. The game's in the top of the fifth. Top four, it is the Jays and the Rays, no score uh, in Tampa. No score between the Marlins and the Phillies at games in the bottom of the second inning. And going into the top of the second, it is the Royals and Indians, no score uh, as well. Just getting underway, it is the Orioles taking on the Red Sox in Boston. Uh, and those are your that's your scoreboard here for the baseball show presented by Goose Island Beer Company on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Jonathan Hood with you, 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. Opening day for the Cubs and the White Sox. Cubs taking on the Brewers, as I mentioned, and the Sox taking on the Twins. The rock in the shoe for the White Sox over the years. And it's going to be Berrios on the mound for the Twins against Lucas Giolito for the White Sox. And so with the expanded playoffs... The question is, if the Twins were the favorite, where do the Sox fall in? Second? Are they third? Uh, or where are they amongst the rest of the American League Central? I would say that the White Sox have just as good a shot as the Indians to be able to get a playoff spot for sure uh, in the American League Central. That was not something that I was thinking about at all when you guys were asking me about this uh, about a week ago. Now that you have expanded playoffs, now it's an opportunity for the White Sox to be able to get themselves in. And if the Sox do get into the playoffs and say they get beaten in the playoffs, that's just uh, the advanced learning curve, I would say, for uh, this White Sox team if they're able to get to the postseason. Some thoughts from Chuck Garfine, who was on with Carmen and Yurko earlier, uh, talking about the White Sox from his standpoint as uh, he's part of our family here at ESPN 1000 and also at NBC Sports Chicago. Garfine's says that the White Sox are ready and they want it. I'll say this about the White Sox. They're not only ready, they want it. Bring it on. They want the pressure. They want the attention, the spotlight, the expectations. Especially the guys who have been here for a few years and they haven't won. They're like, we've been waiting for this. So, uh, you know, to answer that question, it's like, you know, pressure, well, we love this kind of pressure. There was no pressure before and now 
there are the expectations. Um, what are they going to do? What are those expectations? Make the playoffs. They've been talking about it. They openly were talking about it in September before they even uh, Rick Hahn even acquired Yasmani Grandal or assigned Yasmani Grandal and Keuchel and Encarnacion. So uh, they are uh, embracing the moment and embracing this season and what's really the opening of this window and how wide is it going to open, opening the door for wins. And this new era, you could essentially say, begins now. It begins tonight, yeah. and that's exciting. What's right field going to look like? What's the field going to look like? Right, right field. field. Sorry. Right field. Oh, 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 who's going to be in right field? Yeah. Okay. Well, we don't know the starting lineup yet. I have a feeling, because Nomar Mazar is on the injured list, I have a feeling that because you have Barrios starting for the Twins and he's a righty, they will play the matchups and you'll have Nicky Delmonico in right. And Nicky Delmonico, now he's not the answer in right field. No more Mazzara is supposed to be the starter. Right. But don't look past Delmonico for being a, being able to contribute here because he has not been the same player the last couple of years because he was hurt. He had a a uh, torn labrum in his shoulder. He was playing through it, and they went to get get it fixed. He had a messed up rotator cuff in there as well, and it was really affecting the way that he swung. And now he's you know healthy, he's free and easy, and he's more of the player that we saw a few years ago. So uh, I think he'll be in there. He'll be he'll be him and Angle, pretty much swapping that position out until. Uh, Mazzara is ready to come back, and it sounds from what uh, I think what Rick Hahn said yesterday, uh, he might be back as soon as next week. So uh, Chuck Garfine with some news there regarding right field with no Mazzara uh, out, and so the Sox have to have some patchwork definitely in right field. As you're listening to the baseball show presented by Goose Island Beer Company on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app, the the focus is not necessarily on Mazzara. What I said last week was he's one of the keys to the team because no one's talking about him. So whatever numbers that he can provide along with you, what you see from Robert and Encarnacion and uh, Eloy Jimenez and from Johan Moncada and Tim Anderson, all down the lineup, Mazzaro is going to just be able to add that gravy to the steak that is the, the Sox lineup. Um, but again, we will see when he comes back what he can provide. So a, a couple of notes for you as far as Major League Baseball, and then we're going to hear from Manny Hill, someone who can tell us about the Sox opponent tonight. So first of all, of course, we were off yesterday because Major League Baseball started and we aired the Yankees uh, in their matchup uh, yesterday. And so Major League Baseball and the MLBPA, the Players Association, agreed yesterday to expand the playoffs from 10 teams to 16 for the 2020 season. Uh, this season will be a sprint to a new format, and it's going to allow more fans to experience playoff baseball, according to Matt, Rob Manfred, the commissioner. All second-place teams in the six divisions will not qualify for the playoffs. The seventh and eighth playoff teams will in each league will be determined by best record. The first round of the playoffs scheduled for September 29th through October 2nd will be four three-game series in each league with all games played at the higher seeds home stadium. The rest of the rounds will be their customary length. The two division series in each league will be a five-game series, while the American League and National League Championship Series and World Series will be seven games. So I got it. I understood. Adding those two extra 
playoff teams uh, will be interesting because those two teams probably weren't looking for the playoffs, but they possibly could get there here in 2020. And, and my thought when I saw that come across yesterday when I was off was, you decided to do this now. <laughs> like You knew that it was going to be a shortened schedule. And so why decide at the 11th hour, okay, we're going to expand the playoffs? Now, this is not going to hurt baseball any at all because, again, the first round of the playoffs are scheduled September 29th through October 2nd. This is the fall season for baseball anyway. Point is, though, is that you knew that once COVID-19 was here and that you had to, number one, suspend your season for a while and then go to the negotiations of players versus owners, all this could have been solved. It's almost like... Rob Manfred was just rubbing his chin, uh, you know, over a nice bottle of wine and said, you know, it'd be great expanding the playoffs. It just seems like I just out of nowhere, last minute that you're going to slap together 10 teams or 16 teams in the playoffs. Like, like I understand that 2020 is uh, upside down and there's a lot of things where people are flying by the seat of their pants, but I'm just kind of like, what? Like, like now it's 16 teams. If it gives other teams a chance. I get it, but it just comes out of nowhere. Something else, too, that is um, a pain in the neck, and that is the Toronto Blue Jays. So last Saturday, J.D. and I were doing our show on ESPN 1000, and we took to heard from a couple of guests north of the border to talk about what is up with the Toronto Blue Jays, where they're going to play and all this, because a, a part of the Canadian government decided that they didn't want uh, American players, you know, teams from American teams here uh, in the United States to travel to Toronto uh, because of the fear of the COVID-19. So they made sure that the Toronto Blue Jays couldn't even play in their home country. They get kicked out of Canada, kicked out of Toronto, Ontario, so they had to go find a place to play. It's going to be maybe Pittsburgh. It was going to be, you know, another city. And so it, they have settled on Buffalo. This is what the news was a week ago, but now I think it's going to be official. See this from MLB.com. Salem Field uh, is where the minor league team plays in Buffalo. It looks like that's going to be the spot for it. Um, we are trying uh, to take a very good minor league facility and bring it up to as close as possible to a major league facility with the confines of the physical infrastructure, according to Mark Shapiro, the club president of the Toronto Blue Jays. the uh, That means we're trying to think about size and spaces for locker rooms, cages, training rooms, and resources. This is so ghetto. It's so ghetto, and on so many levels. It, you you have a major league team that's trying to play somewhere. They they're, can't play in Dunedin, Florida, where their spring training home is. They get kicked out of their country, and now they've got their bags packed just going from place to place with their thumb up, trying to hitch a ride someplace to go play baseball. That's nonsense. Baseball should never have allowed the Blue Jays to start looking for a home while the season's going on. That's just that's ridiculous. If I'm a player on the Blue Jays, I completely opt out of this. Like, I, you know what? I, I thought I was going to play in Toronto. Uh, I know there are spring training places in Florida. I'm not going to Buffalo. I'm just, I'm just not going to be – I mean, we waited all this time for the Blue Jays to have a home to play. Even Pittsburgh didn't want the, the Blue Jays. Like, no, nah, COVID-19, they're not going to do that. And like, like how, how is that? And, and so now here they are out of nowhere, and now they're going to be playing in Buffalo. And Buffalo's fine. It's, it's good enough for a temporary place. But the other thing about that stadium, they don't have lights that are good enough to be able to play on a major league level. 
It, it's kind of like when the Cubs first had their lights in uh, eight eight eighty eight. There were shadows in the corners where I wasn't even sure if that was really up to code. They turned the lights on and said, the old man said, let there be light. And he, they hit the plunger and it's like, it, it, was, it was barely a high school a stadium as far as the lighting was concerned. There were some shadows in the corners, good enough to play, I guess. But but here they are in the minor league facility and major leaguers are in the major leagues for a reason. It's not just because they're great, but it's about also the accommodations, so they have to be in a minor league ballpark and got to live in Buffalo. And of course, Buffalo and Toronto are pretty close, but but that's not the point. <laughs> that's not that's not what a ball player signed up for. So that this is just so it's such nonsense. It's in season in Buff and 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 now the Blue Jays don't know where to play and it looks like it's likely to be Buffalo. Uh, Governor Cuomo was in his press conference I saw earlier today out of New York and was pretty confident that Buffalo would be the spot. And it's kind of like baseball's going to be better than that. Will the NFL just have a team just out there lingering, trying to figure out where they play? I don't think the NFL would do that. I don't think the NBA would do that. But here we go with baseball. You're trying to have a feel-good moment while having opening day, even though everyone's socially distanced and everybody is... um, you know, you can't have fans in the stands. And here's the Blue Jays <laughs> with no place to play. And, and when they do play, it'll be, it'll be a minor league ballpark. It's crazy. Um, some thoughts from Manny Hill, who works for Score North and scorenorth.com in the Twin Cities. Uh, we talked to Manny, who covers the Twins, and asked him his thoughts about what stands out most about the ball club this year. Well, certainly the lineup. I mean, the lineup was incredible last year setting the major league record with with home runs um as as a team and you know that was without josh donaldson last year and now you add him into the mix um this figures to be in 2020 even though it's going to be a shortened 60 game season um this figures to be every bit as potent a lineup as it was last year if not more with the addition of donaldson so um they're they're going to be in pretty good shape on on that end, and um, you know, and I think when you look at the off season too, they've they've also not just with the addition of Donaldson, but they've improved the pitching staff too, going and getting uh, Kenta Maeda and Rich Hill from the Dodgers, and they added Homer Bailey for some depth purposes for the rotation as well, and they they've been able to keep the bullpen intact, which was really kind of the strength of of the pitching staff um, down the stretch run last season, so. Um, I like a lot of the moves that they've made um, over the course of the winter, and and now we're finally going to see um, see this product, see how it's going to look in a in a two and a half month sixty game season. So Manny Hill, uh, with that conversation with me talking about the Minnesota Twins, the opponent for the White Sox, a lineup is in for the White Sox. It'll be Anderson, Moncada, Abreu, one two three, Integron, Dahl, the cleanup hitter. Uh, it'll be Encarnacion, the DH, Jimenez uh, in left field, Luis Robert in center field, Delmonico in right, Garcia, the second baseman, and Giolito, the starting pitcher for the White Sox against the Twins. So opening day for the Sox over at Guaranteed Rate, taking place at 7.05, and uh, we'll keep our eyes on both of these games here. Finally, we get baseball. It's not the way we we'd like it. it was, we're not in the stadium, but we're definitely watching and keeping our eyes on both of our baseball teams and baseball right around the corner for um, 
for many teams uh, later on tonight with some games on Friday. So glad that you're with us here. Coming up, we have five for five. We give you five topics in five minutes. The Baseball Show presented by Goose Island Beer Company. The Baseball Show with Jonathan Hood. Week 9 on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Cubs, Sox, so more. much more. This is the Baseball Show on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Presented by Goose Island Beer Company. Cubs and Brewers, no score. That game is in the bottom of the third inning. One thing I have noticed the last few games that I've seen is that some of these games are going quickly. And so, again, bottom of the third, no score between the Brewers and the Cubs, as is Hendricks against Woodruff of the Milwaukee Brewers. We have got five topics in five minutes. And so now it is time for five or five. Five for five right here on ESPN 1000. As we turn to Sean Davis with our five topics in five minutes right here on TBS. Sean? Opening night last night, Major League Baseball and the Dodgers and Yankees both showed why experts picked them to make it to the World Series. Which team has the better lineup, in your opinion? Which team has a better lineup, uh, the Cubs or Sox? No, the Dodgers and the Yankees. Oh, Dodgers and... You know, I, I you know I, I look at both of those teams, and I would say that the Dodgers have the best lineup. You know, I was thinking about the that the lineups overall. Like you got Betts, Muncie, you've got Turner, and and how good that top of that lineup is. And think about the Yankees as well. I mean, with DJ LeMahieu, Aaron Judge. I mean, no one could touch those two teams. Not even close. Like the Twins have a lot of power, Sean. But it's just like I'm leaning Dodgers if I had a choice between the two. But I can't find anyone even close to the type of, you know, I guess flexibility in the lineup like the Dodgers do. Yeah. With the uh, addition of Mookie Betts, they definitely yeah. should do better against left-handed pitching, uh, like they unlike they did the last two seasons. With the expanded playoffs you just talked about, we get 16 teams in postseason play. Will the Cubs and Sox both be participants in postseason play this year? You know, if you ask me that question, like, Tuesday... I would have said no, right? But it's it, but it's changed because of the expanded playoffs. I have to add them. I have to add the Cubs. Like I have the St. Louis Cardinals, the Dodgers, the Rockies, Atlanta, uh, Washington, the Reds, maybe San Diego, part of that mix. And then on the other side, I got to add the Yankees and the Rays. I got to add Minnesota, the Angels, Houston, um, Oakland, Cleveland, the Red Sox, and the White Sox are right there. So, yeah, I'm going to add those teams, to the, the, both teams to the mix now. Dr. Fauci threw out the first pitch in D.C. And uh, what would you foul that first pitch under in the bloopers cabinet? Uh, that would be in the uh, 50 cent cabinet. That's what <laughs> I would put right because we can't forget 50 also not very good at the baseball. So, Davis, you know that you understand like the trick to this, right? How would you yeah. approach it, Hood? Okay, well, first of all, you don't get on the mound. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you get on a flat surface and you lob, right? No worries. Look, if somebody's going to come after me because I'm throwing a lollipop up there, that's fine. But at least it's not going into left field or right field, right? right? So, so you never get on the mound. When they say first pitch, now you go, you you get off the mound and you get on flat surface and you lob it up there right into the catcher's mitt. 
That's how you do it. You don't have to do it from the mouth. You're not a pitcher. You don't have anything to prove. You don't have to throw 95 no. to prove it to somebody, right? No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, absolutely not. That's how you do it. Since 2017, the NL Central rivals, the Cubs and Brewers, have identical records, 271 to 216, but the Cubs holding a tiny edge head-to-head, 30 to 28. Will both clubs be able to make the playoffs, and who will win this first series? I would say the Cubs. I would say the Cubs. Um, and I, when I, I didn't even know that breakdown until you showed it to me. Um, so, yeah, I would say the Cubs would have the opportunity there to get that done. Um, I I still believe that they still have enough uh, pop as happy it's a home run. It's 2 nothing Cubs in the bottom of the third. I think that they have enough offense to get that done. And absolutely, they definitely should be able to squeak ahead of the Brewers unlike the past two seasons. Mm-hmm. The Twins hit a record 307 home runs in 2019. Of course, that was 162 games in this truncated season. Will they be able to reach the 100 home run mark? They bet not. <laughs> I know it's not professional, but I bet they bet not. Like, I can't stand the Twins. <laughs> I can't stand them. But I understand um, when you have over 300 home runs last year, they, that was a ton for them. Uh, so I, I expect them to hit a lot of home runs. But if the Sox want to compete, if he, they got that kind of production, that's going to be tough. So, you know, I, I could I could see them getting close to that in these 60 games. It wouldn't surprise me with that potent lineup that they have. Well, if they keep up the same rate of home runs per game as last year, they definitely would make the 100 home run mark. And that is your five for five. Cruz, Donaldson, Polanco, Sano. That's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Rosario. That's a, that, they have a, a ton. Donaldson's 34 and Cruz is 40, so there's a plenty of uh, veteran presence uh, definitely on that roster. All right, uh, we'll keep an eye on the Cubs and the White Sox. After the baseball show, it'll be Mike North and Carmen DeFalco with the odds couple coming your way in uh, two minutes. And then Under the Hood coming up at 8 o'clock. For Sean, I'm Jonathan. Thanks for listening to the baseball show. Uh, Check in with me on Saturday with Jeff Dickerson between 3 and 7 on ESPN 1000. If not, let's do the baseball show on the 27th of July, starting at 6, brought to you by Goose Island Beer Company. Listening to the baseball show with Jonathan Hood. If you miss something, you can always get the podcast on your time. Click the baseball show tile on the new ESPN Chicago app. Join us weeknights at six for the baseball show, presented by the Goose Island Beer Company on ESPN One Thousand.